So, if you are in a relationship with someone you care about and love, and that person blows a gasket on you, will that lower your sexual desire? With the help of Alistair Moose, I'm going to try and answer that question here on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where we educate men and women about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making your relationships the best they can be. Alistair Moose of Moose Anger Management joins me on the program tonight. I'm thrilled to be having him here to help out with all of this, all of the confusion that surrounds anger. I'm Maureen McGrath. I'm your host. I'm a registered nurse, sex therapist, MC as well. That's my new title. <laughs> I emceed a fabulous event on Friday night, the Shakti, the 13th annual Shakti Society Gala, which was held at the Aria Hall out in Surrey, and that was an absolute blast. That group has been around for 13 years. Sonia Anju does amazing work, and I'd like to give a big shout-out to her. She raises funds uh, that seek and she also seeks to provide resources to women and also sets up community education workshops in an effort to end violence against women. And that's not easy to do, um, uh, especially since it has been going on for so long and, uh, and it's ingrained almost in people and in society. And we don't stand up and we don't say anything. We let certain people get away with certain things and we let it others not get away with certain things. It's not okay for women in society to get angry and it's almost manly for men to get angry. So we're going to dispel some of those myths and hopefully help you out to improve your relationship as well. Have a great program tonight because of the guests that I have. Also, Dr. Anjali Malhotra, she's a colleague and a friend of mine and a talented and brilliant physician Women's Health Physician, a NOMS certified National Association Menopause Society certified physician. Uh, she works uh, with me in my clinic at, at Crossroads Clinic. She has a vitality clinic, and we are going to talk about the role of healthcare providers in today's current landscape. And I'm interested in that, and also about consistency of care as well. I've promised that I will talk to you about something other than the missionary position, which can, which can get so dull. But also sometimes in our life, we're so busy, that's all we can do, the quickie mishy. Anyway, uh, so we'll talk about some Kama Sutra positions for you tonight, a little bit later on in the program. Um, Anyway, I had a great uh, time on Friday night. And on my way out there on the, uh, the dress rehearsal, actually, on Thursday night, I was uh, I stopped off at a little strip mall on East Hastings and I had to go to the bathroom so badly. I mean, you know, I'm human too. And But I didn't want to, I had already purchased a sandwich somewhere. They didn't have a bathroom, so I was looking for a bathroom. And lo and behold, these I was looking at an establishment where I could buy something because I don't think it's fair uh, to use somebody to use uh, an establishment's bathroom if you have not been a patron. So I was looking at all of the different businesses and I saw this hair salon and I thought, oh, I'm sure I could buy one of their products and perhaps use their bathroom. So they were so gracious and they said, are you okay? And I said, no, I'm actually not okay. And they said, what's the matter? And I said, well, I have to go to the bathroom. I'm just looking to see what I could buy from you. They said, just use the bathroom. They were so lovely. I did buy, uh, anyway, because I the, the old Catholic guilt strikes again. And uh, so I bought a few of lovely hair products. But I also, they they were so lovely, and they'd heard of the sex show. And they um, so I bought an updo. 
I actually did my hair up for the dress rehearsal, did a little updo, and I was forever grateful for that. And so I said, well, why don't I buy an updo? So that's one of the prizes that I'm going to give out tonight is for you to go to Reagan's Hair Salon on East Hastings. And it was like a reality show in there. They were hilarious. It'll be an experience of a lifetime. You have a nice dinner date to go out on or you have an event to go to. Go to Reagan's first. It's on me. Give me a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Uh, give me a call. Let me know what event you have and that you need to have your hair put up. And you know what? You feel so great when your hair is put up. Honestly, it gives you so much confidence. And um, when you're anywhere, when, you, when your hair feels great, looks great, you do a whole lot better in life. Now you know how shallow I am. But anyway... Um, I also have another <laughs> prize package. I have some more package underwear. You know that I've been giving that out for a while. But then I added a few more things for the guys as well because I figured the underwear wasn't enough. So I have a, one of the most popular sex toys that I get a request for is, well, the two of them actually, and I've included them in this basket. One is a false vagina. <laughs> it looks like an Easter egg. <laughs> it does look like an Easter egg, doesn't it? But it's not actually not. It's a false vagina, and I will show you. I'm Too bad this isn't a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll show you Kenji, oh, who is the technical no. producer here on the program. No. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, what do you mean, oh, no? These are really know. good. I don't know. What are you doing? <laughs> Uh, well, I can't use it for obvious reasons, but um, it looks like those uh, <laughs> silicone pads you put in your bras. I don't know. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Multi-use, yes. Anyway, it's like a little sleeve, and uh, it's for masturbation, which is healthy and important for you to do. I've included some gun oil in there for your little member, as well as a penile ring. You might know it as something else, but I can't use that word on the show. So give me a call if you want to win those prizes. Um, but coming up. Very shortly. Uh, oh, hang on a second. <laughs> Let me just give some credit here to Kenji McNabb, who's the technical producer. And without Kenji, this show would uh, flop because he runs all the mics and does all of the technical and answers your calls as well. And I have Sherry on the line. Hey, Sherry. Hi, how are you? Fine, thank you. How are you? Pretty good tonight. Oh, good. Did you want to go out and have your hair done before you went out? I'd love to. Haven't had an updo for a long time. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Yeah, I love the updo. There's nothing like it. And Reagan is fantastic. She is, um, yeah, she's, she, they're lovely. You feel right at home when you go in there. Yeah, she's oh, amazing. Good. So if you, if you could just leave your phone number and all your information with, um, with Kenji, then we'll, I'll get you that information. Thank you so much, Maureen. You're welcome, because I have to give you the code language for going in there as well. (laughs) All right. And then I have Ian on the line. Hello, Ian. Hello. How are you? Good. Great. What can I do for you? Oh, I was just calling about your little prize package. Oh, were you? Oh, I thought you had a sex question. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm just kidding. Okay, so the, the prize package is all yours. Cool. Yeah, great. So you can uh, leave your information with Kenji. Thanks for the call. Okay, so when I come back, Dr. Anjali Malhotra will join me because, as you know, I'm a healthcare practitioner, um, believe it or not. Some people actually ask me if I am working in a clinical practice, and yes, I am, about four days a week. So Dr. Malhotra is going to join me, and we are going to talk about the role of healthcare practitioners. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show.
Welcome back. I'm Maureen. I am your host of the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, and I'm a registered nurse, nurse contents advisor, sex therapist, life advisor, and I am joined on the line by one of my colleagues, Dr. Anjali Malhotra. Good evening. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. Now, you are a women's health specialist and the premier one in this province, I might Thank add. Thank you very much. No, I mean that. And um, and so you're NOM certified, National Association of Menopause Society. I refer many patients to see you. And you want to talk about a subject that's a little bit, one, one may not realize just how relevant it is to your practice and my practice and all of the practice that healthcare practitioners around the province deliver, the, the medicine that we deliver, healthcare. So you want to talk about the role of healthcare practitioners. I do. I want to talk just a brief moment about our team environment. I just want to take the time today to discuss the fact that we have multiple people on our team. So, for example, you and I, we have different roles, but we work together. And generally, the patient's going to receive the same message from both of us. And that's something I want people to pay a lot of attention to when they're visiting their care provider, whether it's their naturopath, their physiotherapist, their pharmacist. Recognize that each person has a unique and special role, but there should be continuity of messaging between each professional. And if you find that there's a difference from one to the other, it might be a good idea to ask why and where that's coming from and try to Come to a point where you feel comfortable with the practitioners in the team that are offering you the same information that jives with what your personal feelings and beliefs should be about your health care. If you're going to potentially get multiple opinions, but the medicine itself should be the same. Now, that brings up a very interesting, uh, many different interesting perspectives. One mm-hmm. is that, for example, a naturopath may actually give a different message than yeah. a uh, medical doctor. Yes, they may. And what may happen is that the message can just be presented differently with the same intention behind what's going to happen as the outcome, or there may be two different belief systems. And then what I encourage people to do is to entrust in their belief in science and evidence-based medicine because they need to figure out which message is in, in, in good faith of what Health Canada would offer, what research supports, what data supports, and what's likely the most safe option for them. Okay, I, I come across this uh, quite a bit in the fact because I of the radio show and also yeah. because of the speaking engagements that I do out there yeah. or because people who want to come on the show. For example, this I come across quite frequently. Somebody may go through perimenopause or menopause. They have an N of one, so a sample size of one, their yeah. own. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they are an expert and they may yeah. decide to write a book or they yeah. <laughs> will decide to start speaking because they can give yeah. themselves a very catchy name Absolutely. and that will draw people in. And yeah. people all of a sudden make this person a celebrity yeah. around. Uh, Suzanne Summers is a great mm-hmm. example of that. Perfect she was a example. sitcom star from the 70s. I've said, if I've said it once, <laughs> I've said it a hundred times. Well, I'm not sure why you are believing a sitcom star of the 70s right. over your physician who has been trained and has done research and has seen a million patients that have this. So, um, And, you know, the, the thing that I always tell people is, 
you have to really go back to the research and the evidence because there's no shortage of it. And when did we stop trusting that? Because it's not like a sample of one is going to be what governing bodies create guidelines over. It's millions and millions of uses of a medication or a trial or a treatment method. It's not one. And, you know, thinking of someone like Suzanne Summers, we need to remember she had endometrial cancer, uterine cancer. She had breast cancer. She's had all of these issues happen because of unsafe guidelines that she has made up and so we have to remember that that's just not medicine and so trusting in the data is really really important absolutely and that's my practice is evidence informed and yours is as well uh, also and we can refer back to the evidence and even in the clinical uh, i mean in in the public presentations that i give they will always be evidence informed so we're constantly reading and researching and 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 trying things out and and seeing trends and yeah like someone you know said to me this week and they've said this to me in multiple visits as well as many many people have said this to me where they say it's just so confusing there's just so much information out there and what I always tell them is but you know it's a lot more clear if you just stick with the medical evidence then you don't have to think about all these multiple views and opinions that are coming at you Absorb them. If that's what you believe in, then that's totally fine. But don't be confused by it and try to pick the safest, most sound option. That's right. And it's really about quality of life as well. Exactly. And and what worked for your friend or what worked for this oh, woman, exactly. this woman who is marketing and who is just trying to make some money on giving a talk, you know, yep. to whatever. Yep. Um, you know, sure, pay for like the spirit of the day for the yeah. moment, but it's not going to necessarily change your life. And exactly, and that and kind of yeah. a person cannot deliver medical information. Absolutely, and remember what someone's motive is. You know, when a physician goes to medical school, their motive is certainly not to financially gain anything from their patient, nor is it to give them any kind of publicity or anything outside of offering sound care. That's right. And that is that is what all of us went to school for nursing, physio, everybody who's practicing evidence based medicine has no motive behind it. We're not selling you a book, we're not selling you creams, we're not selling you anything. All we're trying to do is make things better for you. Exactly, exactly. So well thank you so much. It's a great point and I'd like to continue the conversation a bit more and maybe we can think up some of these uh, as as patients um, you know, come along and ask these questions, you know, well, my so-and-so had me buy this and, you know, well, how much did that cost? $80. Is it helping you? No, it's not. You know, so there's lots of, you can call anything natural. You can take anything from China, put it in a hot pink bottle and sell it with a great name on it. And it's, it's a placebo. 30% of people are going to be helped by it because of the placebo effect, the evidence informed, the research-based placebo effect. Anyway, we could talk about this for a year. Yes. And you know, I did this for the Sam Sullivan Public Salon, so people want to check out my view on celebrities and medicine, they can check it out on YouTube. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. Well, always great to talk to you. I'll see you at work yeah. tomorrow. Have a great day. Thank All right. Know. Take care. You too. Bye now. So you might get angry about this, and sometimes I get angry about this. I try not to. I try, but I, I sometimes get a bit frustrated or, you know, I hear people taking several supplements and several uh, you know, different concoctions to grow their hair or stop their hot flashes or reduce their weight. The only way to reduce weight is to consider what you're putting in your mouth. 
Uh, anyway, but this may anger you, and uh, anger is an emotion that is very confusing. And so to that end, I've invited Alistair Moose on the program. To uh, Alistair is Moose Anger Management. Perhaps you've seen his cars driving around the city because he's all over. He's in Burnaby and on the North Shore, Vancouver, Richmond, everywhere where there's anger, and there's anger everywhere. Alistair, welcome to the program. Are you there, Alistair? Oh, he's not there. Uh oh! I totally no, messed no, no. up. No, no, no. We gotta go to news after. I mean, oh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. You know what? We're <laughs> well, I mean, soon, soon, not oh, now. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> oh, I thought we were gonna call him early and then get him on in the two segments. That's okay. Not a to- not Sorry. a problem. No worries. Um. So, I'm a little angry now, Kenji. No, I'm not. <laughs> what? <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, I'm oh. only kidding. You know, somebody like me. I don't really like to talk too much about myself, but, you know, it's hard for me to get angry. Uh, I'm, you know, I would go to different emotions before I would go to anger, but anger would be the appropriate oh, um, emotion, uh, perhaps in some circumstances. Right. And so a lot of women, because it's not uh, acceptable for women in society to get angry, it's more True. acceptable in a way for us to cry, although people are bothered by that, but we may go to disappointment or sadness or, or something like that. Um, uh, so anger is not something that I'm accustomed to, but, and I actually have to get myself, uh, and, and many people may be able to relate to this, get myself angry about certain things. And, and you're, I mean, easy going, some people may be easy going and tolerant and, um, anyway, so it's uh, anger may be a more appropriate, um, emotion for me. And so I'm working on getting angry, <laughs> um, but nonetheless, uh, so I should just tell you about a couple of the events that I am going to be talking about coming up. I usually do that at the end of the program, but um, I'm going to be at the Railway Club on April 29th discussing, or shall I say defending, why porn may be a therapeutic measure for many people. And somebody said to me, are you kidding me? How can porn ever be therapeutic? And I said, well, you know, let's think about, and this this was a conversation I had with healthcare practitioners this morning after having been on call all night last night. Um, and I said, well, let's think about more than just the six of us in this room who are able to uh, have sex and do not seemingly have sexual dysfunction, may have a, opportunities or may be partnered. Um, but let's think about the rest of the world. Let's think about people who may have a neurological disorder or multiple sclerosis or rheumatoid arthritis or uh, aging or are alone. Uh, porn can be a very therapeutic measure for their erectile dysfunction. Anyway, so more about that a little bit later in the program. But when I come back, Alistair Moose will, joining, will be joining me. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath, a very apologetic Maureen McGrath, the host of this Sunday Night Sex Show. Why? My apologies, Kenji. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, I didn't change that time. So anyway, I and we got nothing to be guilty. I'm always guilty. Anyway, I do next week on the program. I think it's next week or the following week. I'm not really sure. Um, Grandview Law Group is going to join me. Rupinder Kunkun is going to join me uh, and her partner. 
because we're going to talk about uh, divorce because that actually impacts relationships as well. And you need a good lawyer. I gave these guys a hard time at the event the other night. So giving a giant shout out to Grandview Law Group out in Surrey. But on the program now, if you're not angry with me, is uh, Alistair Moose. And uh, <laughs> I messed up, Alistair. I owe you an apology, too. See? Look at us. <laughs> no worries. Forget it. No worries. Anyway. It was, a, it was good for a laugh in the moment. <laughs> yeah. Another blonde moment. Anyway. <laughs> oh, well. At least I can rely on that and not lose my temper. But you work with people so that they can lose their temper at Moose Anger Management. Yes. That is the truth. That's yes. We work with four to five hundred people every year specifically on that topic wow and so this anger can really impact relationships i don't know if you heard my opening at the beginning of the show i talk a lot about sexual desire i educate about sexual desire and a lot of women will say to me well you know what he loses his cool he blows a gasket he's got such a temper he's such a baby he's entitled spoiled all of these things and men will say the same thing she is just throws things and she tosses dishes and she's so angry and neither one of them feel like having being intimate with the other one and this is a big issue and it can also be depleting and emotionally exhausting and you're always trying to pick up the pieces no pun intended mm-hmm. yeah well and when uh when people feel a deep sense of intimacy and connection together which anger can actually lead us to then they can have a, a more mature, uh, a, a deeper connection when they're having sex. Uh, obviously, when anger is present and it turns into something where we are acting, let's say, more uh, from an immature place in ourselves, more reactive, more blaming, it tends to push people away. Right, absolutely. I have Louis on the, on the line. Hello, Louis. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes, bonsoir. Uh, hello, bonsoir. Uh, Ça va? Oui, très bien. Merci vous-même. Yeah, très bien aussi. Uh, uh, I wanted to uh, follow up on uh, the 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 show two weeks ago when uh, you had a caller, Brian, who talked about uh, the porn. Um, and um, I wanted to say that this uh, does uh, sweeten up uh, the relationship uh, uh, me and uh, madame this morning for example uh, we were twiddling our thumbs and uh, spooning uh, and uh, and uh, it was her suggestion that she put on the porn and uh, we started the day with a bang if you know what i mean <laughs> i'm so glad i could impact your romantic life Yes, uh, um, the the pop star Donna Summer said it so well to me. Uh, I don't want to get over the love hangover. <laughs> so, is anger a part of your relationship at all, or does it seem to be all love? No, of course uh, we get mad. I get mad. She get mad, uh, but. Uh, you know, I send her in the corner uh, for time out, <laughs> and after two, three, four minutes, uh, she come out, and we are happy again. <laughs> now I know you're joking about that. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> no but uh, uh, the relationship is up and down. Huh? You give, you take. Uh, uh, it is normal, but of course, uh, 
uh, we don't make love uh, when we are mad. No, who would want to do that? And that's exactly no. what we're talking with yes. Alistair Moose about. No, no, no. But you, this time you, you get over the anger and uh, the life is sweeter. The wine is sweeter, as we say. Oh, that's so wonderful. And I'm so glad that I could actually have... Uh, I hope you weren't... <laughs> Pardon? I, I'm so glad I could uh, help you in your relationship. Because well, well, that's the, the purpose of the show. Oui, for sure. Uh, the different, and one more thing, uh, the different position that you yes. talked about earlier at the top of the show. Uh, some people talk about the... Carmi Sutra. Yes. M- me, uh, Madame, and myself, uh, we do the yoga. You do the yoga. Excellent. Yes. And, and, Nude uh, yoga. Naked yoga is very popular we, here we, in we, British we, Columbia. I would like to start uh, maybe a company. Excellent. The, well, maybe you could start a uh, Kama Sutra company. I'm actually going to name list the positions a little bit later in the program. So hopefully you'll stay with me, Louis. For sure, for sure. Merci, and uh, love your show. Thank you. Ah, merci. All right, Alistair, so you heard that. That's all about love and that relationship. (laughs) It's all about love. Sounds fabulous. Yes, doesn't it? Uh, um, Anyway, if if this show were on at 9 to 10 or 10 to 11, I could make a lot more comments, but I I have to refrain because it's Mm -hmm. the family hour. But anyway, we're getting back to anger and wanting to have this desire to have sex with somebody or how... And often, correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, you know, people can blow it, you know, blow a gasket and lose control, lose their temper, throw things, whatever. And then they'll want to have sex an hour later without even apologizing, without feeling badly. Uh, How does one, how can we view anger, get to it where it's a healthy emotion? Well, and and I, I think about that, that people will have sex afterwards. Uh, to step over the pain uh, that is often behind the anger. Mm-hmm. So they'll avoid it, and they'll just step over that or get over it, and it won't actually be dealt with. Whereas uh, when anger kicks in, we can um, have some maturity in how we respond to it. We can respond like an adult and, and actually take the time to speak to our partner about what uh, what happened that led to some sort of uh, hurt or feeling of, of shame or fear, and we can step into a deeper intimacy with that that can actually bring about more closeness. And, and what's or, behind anger? Is shame and fear behind anger? Often uh, shame and fear and pain exist behind anger. And so is and it, it healing that shame and that pain uh, and that is what we need to do. Is that what we need to do to, to heal the anger or to... So uh, if we can actually have a conversation about the shame, for instance, this can connect us to our heart, it can connect us to our conscience, and we can step into more vulnerability. And who are we having that conversation with? Ourselves with, or... With our, well, probably with ourselves, first of all, because uh, it takes some some real courage to step into a conversation and... Uh, it helps if we have a partner that we can trust and that, um, you know, we, we can trust enough that we can have a loving response come back to us. 
Absolutely. So I also want to mention you are the author of a couple of books, Healing Anger, which is transforming anger into growth, and Lose Your Temper, a conscious exploration of anger. And we have those books to give out on the program. So if somebody wants to give me a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell, uh, you can be the recipient of those books if you want to heal the anger in your relationship. So Alistair, I'm going to ask you to stay on the line. We're going to come, uh, and when I come back, want to talk about some of the individual and group counseling that you do and some of the options for people who have a problem with anger. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Well, that's a great song. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath. I'm your host of the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome if you're just joining the program for the first time or if you're a returner. Glad to have you. Uh, I have, I'm, we're talking about anger in relationships and how that can impact sexual desire and impact growth and has an, a relationship to shame. And I have a couple of books to give away and I have Mike on the line. Alistair Moose is joining me on the line. He's teaching us all about how to grow and heal from this, but Mike's on the line. Hello, Mike. Hi, how are you? Fine. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. That's good. So did you want to win those books? Is that why you're calling? I, I did. I actually just ended a relationship, and there's a lot of anger involved. And you guys hit on a lot, a lot of the problems that we had. So I figured read the book. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> uh, good for you. And so, if you don't mind my asking, was this um, your anger or her anger? Her anger. Yeah, I'm assuming. Uh, but- so hers, but I know you know. Obviously, I mean, I was part of the problem, and I'm not. I'm not going to take ownership on that. So. But uh, I won't dive too much into it except to say I wasn't used to that after being in a number of long-term relationships. And with her, I've seen a side of a woman that I didn't really want to see. (laughs) Oh, okay. It's tough, isn't it? It's tricky, yeah. Well, when you're not used to it, you don't don't know how to deal with it. That's right. You make a good point. I do a lot of work around raising awareness about violence against women. And I was speaking at an event one day or night, and um, somebody got up before me. There were a bunch of people speaking, and she said she was very accustomed to abuse. And she witnessed her mother being kicked in the head by her boyfriend's cowboy boots. And and it was as though she'd accepted it. And then I got up, and I said, well, I learned something today. I have zero tolerance for abuse, zero. And, you know, I didn't grow up with this, and I I just don't think it's right in any way. But I realize that it's a part of life, and people do get angry, and they just don't know what to do with it. So I'm actually really happy that you have won these books, Mike. So I hope they help, and I wish you the best Excellent. in your thank next you. relationship. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks okay, for your call. Hello, Alistair. You're still on the line with me, yeah. Alistair Moose of Moose Anger Management. Yeah. Um, delighted to have you. So there you go. We hit on a number. You hit on a number of uh, aspects of Mike's relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what does somebody, what is it that Moose Anger Management does? How do you help people realize that there's a better way? Well, we go through a lot of the physiology and what exactly happens when we escalate up, how we end up disconnecting if we allow ourselves to escalate enough we will disconnect from our heart and our intelligence both emotional and intellectual to a point where it just becomes about us getting our way and when that occurs we tend to come from a young place within us it's like we're leaving our inner five-year-old in charge of us if we allow ourselves to escalate high enough and then it only becomes about winning or getting our, our way in fact People almost always call us only after some massive blow-up and 
then they're hanging their head afterwards feeling some shame. Is it better to feel shame afterward or to feel no shame at all and be in denial? Because denial is a drug. And, (laughs) you know, we can find people in that we care about or in intimate relationships with and they've done something and we can be very embarrassed ashamed annoyed we should be angry but we deny that and so people just carry that shame around with them and it's like if somebody pushes that button they tend to have a response that's very disproportionate to whatever the event is and then they act like a child or They allow themselves to feel the shame, and they express it in some way. They acknowledge it. It usually shows up right around the sternum or the the solar plexus. Either we face it and we have a conversation or we write about it, but it, it needs to move through us. And for men to actually sit in a group, for instance, and hear that they're not the only ones doing this, it can be quite a relief. A relief, but it also can be I'm not the only one on the planet that loses it. <laughs> Everyone else does it, so it should be okay. I've heard that yeah. from men before as well. Uh, you, They'll say, well, you know, she's acting like I'm the only one who loses my temper when, you know, my friends lose their temper and her friends' husbands lose their temper or yeah, wives the, or whatever. The, the diffusion of responsibility. <laughs> but um, What's that yeah, about? You know, well... Avoiding responsibility. That's just not willing to have a conversation. So, woman calls me up the other day and she says she she can't even talk to her husband. If she even brings up anger, he just he blows. So this is stone, stonewalling, right? It it leaves there you know no opening to actually have a conversation. Or another woman who who sent their husband. We just finished a group last week, and at the end of the group, the guy says, you know, my wife said. Yeah, you go to that group and see what kind of animals are there. And and he says, but you're all just like a regular bunch of guys. In, in fact, the men that come to the group tend to be the ones that care enough about the women or the, you know, their family members that they're willing to step into this and uh, take the courage up to really look at it. And so we actually get some pretty amazing people coming to the groups. I bet. And I and I would have a lot more respect for somebody who would go to one of your groups, for example, or, or seek out help or, or admit to it, you know, not end the denial, than somebody who is, like, there's no respect. You lose respect for somebody who uh, stonewalls or leaves uh, or controls it you know that's controlling behavior when the husband won't even discuss it Mm -hmm. and and when somebody actually uh apologizes and not just one of those i'm sorry to to get over with it and move on but apologizes with heart and takes full responsibility and makes some sort of commitment this is what i'm going to do from now on not not that i'm going to be perfect but some commitment to put effort into it, uh, whether that's going to counseling or attending a group or, um, you know, committing to a number of different things, but it's caring enough or, or expressing enough love for the other person that you're willing to do whatever is necessary in order to resolve what's in front of you rather than ignoring it, which doesn't tend to get us anywhere.
anywhere. And so the people who won't help themselves, let's just say the ones who live in that denial or whatever, mm-hmm. are you saying that they don't care about the person that they're in the relationship with enough to make the changes? Or is it that it just seems like too big of a mountain to climb and a lot of people just don't have that discipline within them? Well, and with the the shame that usually is connected with this, it ends up feeling like, well, if I if I say this stuff out loud or if I admit it to anybody, it'll be the end of the world. And in, and in fact, it'll be so bad, nobody will ever want to have anything to do with me ever again. So we we build up these these big reasons not to actually address it. But when people actually speak out loud about it, and then all of a sudden they discover that, oh, the, the world didn't end. But often if we have a whole history in our family, often generations that have dealt with things exactly in this way, then, you know, there's a lot of inertia sort of pushing us down the same road that our parents went, which isn't always the healthiest. Exactly. You do tremendous work. I've got to have you back on the program. Unfortunately, we're running out of time right now um, because there's so much to this that uh, will will impact so many people's relationships. Your website is angerman.ca. Angerman.ca, that's it. I see the cars driving around. Thank you so much, Alistair. And I know Mike is thrilled to get those books. And uh, it's great work you do. And uh, people can go to that website and sign up for the courses that you uh, provide all year round for men and women. Thank you so much, Alistair, for joining me. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. You're very welcome. I I do want to uh, fulfill my promises. And um, so I did mention to you that I would mention the five Kama Sutra sex positions you should try. But I'm going to try something a little different tonight. I'm going to have you do the homework because we're running out of time. The Samukha Uh, This position is a little awkward at first, but it's incredibly passionate and romantic. So you check that out. S-A-M-M-U-K-H-A. Janakirpara. I'm Indian now, you know. Anyway, um, this also is going to give you some bragging rights. It's got some acrobatic positions. You've got to be in good shape for this one. Pididika is... um, a little bit of a tighter position, and uh, so you're going to have a lot of fun with this one because this is uh, for those who desire the auspiciousness of the Kama Sutra. This is uh, incredibly satisfying. And the Versha, V-I-R-S-H-A, it's not that bizarre, but um, you, you can figure out very quickly the other name that it's called by. It's pretty common one. And uh, Tripadam is the perfect position for a quickie because that's all we have time for sometimes in life is a quickie. So check those out. Uh, I've got a lot of speaking engagements coming up this spring. And um, as I said, I'll be at the Railway Club on April 29th. And next week, Jonathan Chan joins me from the Company of Disciples. And we're going to talk about this along with some psychiatrists. We'll also be there. And that'll be really handy for me. Um, I'll be up at Whistler talking about perimenopause, vaginal health, menopause, intimacy, and having great sex at the Every Woman BC event. You can follow me on Twitter at Back the Number Two The Bedroom. You can go to my website, www.backtothebedroom.ca. I also have started a new blog where I blog twice a week, www. No, it's just backtothebedroom-blog.ca. Remember, when you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance. I'm Maureen McGrath, and you have been listening to the CKNW Sunday night sex show. I want to thank all my guests tonight who were fantastic and also Kenji once again for his great technical production. I'm Maureen McGrath and we'll talk to you next week.